Hello and welcome to Voyage Around Myago with Steve Manners and Charlotte Toombs. This week, Charlotte is fully relaxed after a holiday and thinking of becoming an HGV driver to help with the global flower shortage. And I'm in baking mood with the award-winning cookbook, The Pie Room. Well, Doctor Who's got nothing on me. Now, we'll have to come back to Doctor Who in a minute, but why has Doctor Who got well, nothing on you? I just feel like you? I'm time travelling, but I'm not really. I've been back for a week. And it's not even as if Spain is in a different time zone. But um, So, how was the holiday? It was lovely. I was pleasantly surprised because, as you know, I'm not a great fan on the Canaries. Um, but the part, place that we went was just, it was lovely. It was really delightful. And um, I ate fish for a week and we ate out twice a day. And the only thing I made all week was a cup of tea. Fabulous. So it was perfect. So no, it was a real holiday. I yeah. read two books. So no, it was super. Nothing nicer than lying on a sun lounger, being bought a beer, cold beer. Yes. You know, and moving your sun lounger around to stay in the shade. So the weather was the weather was good. Uh, it wasn't wall to wall sunshine, but actually, I don't want wall to wall sunshine anymore. And we did an awful lot of walking, so we didn't have a car, so that was quite nice, and we could justify all the food and booze that we were drinking. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was really, it was really delightful. Fantastic. But yes, back to autumn, and the weather's changed. And did you miss then the news on Doctor Who? Yes, I did. Oh, God, are we going back to Doctor Who? Yes. Do you know what's happened? No. So you know we had that conversation about... Yes, I think I woke up for part of it. Yes. yes. They're bringing back Russell T. Davis. Oh, are they? Yes. Oh, he's coming. exciting. Yes. So he's coming back. It was announced whilst you were away that he's coming back as the um, showrunner. So, so is it going over. back to how it was sort of before? Well, they haven't really, he hasn't really said anything yet. He doesn't take over until, well, his first episodes will be in 2022. Wow. Um, so, I, well, I just think it's really mm -hmm. exciting because, I mean, he was the one who reinvented it, brought it back. He's just fantastic. I think it's hugely exciting. I was, I was very, very excited about it. <laughs> Sorry, you're looking at me with... I wonder how many of our listeners are yeah. avid um, Doctor Who fans. Interesting. Probably not many, no. I, shouldn't, I no. shouldn't think. What else have you been up to since you've been back? Well, I'm thinking I might become an HGV driver. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, just look at the bigger picture. Time to yourself. I can listen to podcasts, talking books without interruption. I mean, some of those cabs, you, they've got nice beds and little fridges. I could make little gingham curtains. I could have fresh flowers. <laughs> no interruptions. Air-conditioned, heating. They've got TV or anything. Oh, I the... think they do. Obviously, yeah. not while you're driving. Yes. Um, but no, I think they've got all mod cons, haven't they? And I heard something you can earn up to like 70 or 80 or more thousand being an HGV. Well, I think driver. they're earning more than qualified solicitors at the moment. Well, maybe I should go and be an HGV driver then. Well, what's your spatial awareness like? I think you know that answer <laughs> to that question. I suspect I wouldn't be the best HGV <laughs> driver. But you never know. Next week will tell. Yes. Never say never. No. Because I'm going away in a camper van next week. Oh, yes. How very camp. <laughs> I can't quite believe I'm doing this, really. Are you a bit nervous? No, not really. I, it was one of those weird... Weird things. I've always wanted to go away in a camper van. For I, I don't know why. I just think it really is appealing. It sort of on your bucket list. Of yeah, it's one do. of those things. I mean, I quite like the idea of you know going across the states in an RV or, yeah. or something like With that. With your husband? Well, and then that's the sticking point. 
Stephen is absolutely over my dead body. Am I ever going to say he won't go camping? He won't go in a camper van? He won't go in a... Will he not even come and visit you for one night? No, 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 no. For like a no. less than 24-hour no. stay? Absolutely won't consider it. So I suddenly thought... I've got the time at the moment, so why don't I just just go and do it? So I'm not I'm not going a million miles. I'm only going down to Dartmoor. I'm I'm not doing world camping. So you're just going to the next the next county. The next county. Well, I thought best to sort of you know let's not push the boundaries too. And are you going on time. your own? Or? No, I'm taking Archie. Oh, you'll have, oh you'll have a little holiday for you and yes. Archie. Yes. Oh, how exciting! Yes. So he will really become a duvet hound then, yes. won't he? So I've 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 booked two different um, campsites, both of which have got about a ten minute walk <laughs> for you and Archie. Yeah. So you don't have to go. <laughs> Although I, it's like it's it's like I remember when you had the beach hut, and we used to come down at the weekend before we lived here, and sometimes go down to the beach hut, and even in the winter and have a bacon sandwich. Mm. Down, oh, delicious! And I don't know that I've just got this romantic, very romantic idea. And the rain is rushing <laughs> around. Of waking up and making a bacon sandwich in my camper van. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm only going for five, for five So have you got um, lots of reading material to take with you? Yes, and I shall download. To, I'm going both both sides of Dartmoor. Oh, brilliant! Um, so and one of them is a is a sort of a woodland camping site because the uh, the other thing that I didn't realise is actually a lot of campsites close at the end of September, mm. and of course I'm going right at the beginning mm. of October. So it might be dreadful, it might be freezing cold because the weather has suddenly changed. Mm. So it might be freezing cold and everything. But they've got anyway. central heating. I mean, they've got central heating and air conditioning. Well, yes, and I, I was toying with the idea of getting one of the classic VW camper vans, which there is mm. a place near here that um that actually uh, rents them. But I decided that, you know, they were never known for their reliability. No. And I'm like, well, if I broke that, I wouldn't have a clue no. what to do. Not exactly. No, and at least on a campsite, you can have a proper shower, a proper loo, because you don't want to bother with that business of having to empty out well, cartridges I have, I, and I am, I, am hiring, I am hiring. This is so sad. I am hiring, um, together with the campervan, one of those portable loos, because frankly... I do need to get up at the night in the night. I'm of that age. So does yours, has yours not got a loo on it, your camper van, then? No. Oh, God. Because most of the modern ones have showers and no, bathrooms. No, it is a camper van. It's not a mobile home. Oh, my God. It's a camper van. Oh, you know, it's, you were... it's one of those VW ones, you know, with the roof that oh, pushes okay, up. Okay, no, I thought you were hiring a mobile... Uh, no. Oh, God. So, no, that's not so sad, hiring a porta potty No. So that's what I'm doing. So... Well, it's going to be for... interesting in the middle of the night explaining to Archie <laughs> what you're doing. Oh my God, he sleeps like you wouldn't believe. He's sleep... he's a quite a heavy sleeper. Oh really? He wouldn't hear you get out of bed. He probably would. He'd just look up and then go back to sleep again. I mean, we have ju- we've been so lucky. We've had no problems at all in the night with him. He has never cried in the mornings. We've never had to get up in the night. In fact, when you do get up and you go down and make a cup of tea in the morning, he just kind of looks at you he's like a teenager and just nestles further into his bed and he just doesn't want to get up he doesn't want to come back to bed with you well he's not allowed to oh i know poor chap (laughs) well no it is right at the moment he's getting a little aggressive with the cats oh is he yeah he's starting to chase them a lot so that's that's well yes you did have that cat incident didn't you yes let's not talk about that moving on moving on yes Uh, and no damage was caused to the cat but it was slightly worrying moment where he did get a little overexcited and over a little over aggressive with with the cat 
book of the week, which is... Right. Now, as you would expect, there's a little story behind this. Is there, Steve? Yes. Is it a short one or a long one? <laughs> Shall I go and hang the washing out and then come do you, back? Do you remember a series called The Golden Girls? Yes. <laughs> do you remember when, when um, I think it was Rose, you say, so in St. Olaf, but what used to happen, she used to go into these long stories or when the mother used to say, picture it, Sicily, 1942, <laughs> and go off into the... Sometimes I feel like... Yes. I'm a little bit like that. Anyway, um, so the book of the week this week is The Pie Room from Callum Franklin. Now, the story behind this is in Scotland a couple of weeks ago, we were staying at this fabulous, fabulous hotel called Lundy's House, which was probably next to the Glenmorangie Hotel, the, the best one that we stayed at. Really? It was a beautiful, beautiful hotel. Nordic influence. The food was fantastic. Absolutely amazing, the meals. Um, but we were sat there. There were, there were five of us that went to Scotland, and we were sat at the, the table. And on the table behind us, there was this, this there was a guy and his, I have to say, very, very attractive um, female partner. Um, and we were chatting a little bit. And I, I said to Stephen after the first night, I'm sure I recognise him, and I can't think where. And I assumed he was, you know, in your head you think, well, I maybe he's an actor or something mm -hmm. like that, because that's how you think you must mm -hmm. recognise him. Anyway, we were talking to them again the following night. I bumped into them on the beach. There was a beach just not far from the hotel, and I, I, I was walking on there, and I bumped into them and had a little chat. And Anyway, we left the hotel. Stephen was posting something on Instagram and tagged the hotel and, and then saw some other posts. And the guy was actually Callum Franklin, the chef from the pie room. Oh. And the day after that he, we, he left the hotel, he was, and we knew that he, he said he was going back to Edinburgh, back to, to London. Um, he, his book won the, uh, the debut book of the cookbook of the year at the Fortnum and Mason food and drink. Awards. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! So, God, I bet you're kicking yourself that you didn't. Oh my God! Can you bet? I mean, I know because you love this cookbook and I you often do. And I keep and I've said to you, we've done that. We've done that. No, 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 you've done that one. So you're you've been desperate to um, showcase this. I, book. I I have. Uh, Callum Franklin is the head chef at the Holborn Dining Room, which is in High Holborn, and it's part of the Rosewood Hotel. And the hotel, the, the 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 restaurant was up and running. And then, going through the basement and everything, they found some antique pie molds and started experimenting with them. And now it has become a very big part of what the restaurant does: is these amazing, amazing pies. So they published this book last year, and it, it is, I mean, it's everything you need to know about making pies. And as you know, along with fish and chips, I'm very partial to a bit of pie. To a bit of pie. So it covers all kinds of different pastry. I mean, how to make, you know, short crust, rough puff, traditional oh, wow. puff, hot water crust, every different kind of pastry that you can imagine. Um, and then the book itself is broken down into starters and snacks, vegetable pies, fish pies, meat and poultry, party pieces, puddings as well. What I also love about this book is he also gives you some advice on how to decorate them as well. Now, I've tried a, I've tried a few times. Never quite as good as it looks in the photos in the book, but 
it just really does finish everything off. And it doesn't need to be overly complicated. Um, but the, the standout one that I have done, and I think I might have mentioned this before, is the cheesy dough from Wiles and camera, camera, caramelized onion Maybe pie. just the odd once, twice, maybe three or four times. It's such a showstopper. It is. I'm still so waiting to try it. It's so delicious. And every time you've had leftovers, or I know you've been doing it, and I've come around, I said, are there any leftovers? You're yeah. like, no. Nope. <laughs> it, it does go down uh, very, very well. Um, but there's also... Uh, beef stilton and onion pie, very classic chicken, mushroom, and tarragon. Um, as I've mentioned, there's the whole thing about decorating it as, as well. And there's traditional recipes like hot pot and things like that. So it's not just all pastry um, pies. But it did really deserve to win um, at the Fortnum and Mason. You don't know any of the other ones that were up against it, so to speak, do you? Uh, no, no, actually, I don't, I, I don't, I should look into, mm. I should look into um, that, but there were some quite, Grace Dent's um, Hungry at the same awards won the debut food book of oh, the year. That's such a great book, isn't it? Well, and I have to, I bought it and I'm reading it and it is fabulous. You loved it, didn't I you? I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. You were, you were right. Yes. Um, I mean, I didn't go and get the audiobook. I am, no, no, I no. am reading it. But her, just her description. And in fact, she read it on the audiobook, which was lovely. Yes. So you, you know, to hear her talking, her words. Yeah. Um, but and I just she's a very very good she's bright isn't she? very bright I'm mm. really really mm. enjoying it so changed my because I was always whenever I saw her on MasterChef I was always a bit sort of wary because I didn't know anything about her and it's completely changed my not that I had an opinion on her but I love her yes <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you got a girl crush I, got a girl you? Crush, I just thought she, she's just fantastic yes you know. Yeah. So no, that's definitely definitely worth reading, mm. hungry, and definitely worth adding the pie room to your pass it, shelves. Pass it here, um, so that you can uh, you can enjoy that. And I will just say he was absolutely lovely, a really lovely guy to talk to. I do wish I'd asked what he did, so that I'd realised. Can who I have your autograph, yes. please? <laughs> can you sign my napkin? <laughs> but well worth investing in. I think this is our first seasonal ingredient of season three. Sweet corn. Corn Ooh, on the lovely, cob. Lovely. Corn on the cob. How do you eat yours? Oh, oh, now you see, I'm, I love sweet corn. Steamed with butter and it, then you have to pick it out your teeth. Yes. So that's one way. But that's um, delicious, isn't it? Yes. But sometimes I just open a tin and I, oh. I empty it into the saucepan and I shove it in the simmering oven and I just leave it there for a little while and then it cooks. Um, and that's just as lovely. But you know when it's in its, when you buy it and it's got its tassel and it's, and it's got its husk all around it, if you kind of cut the tassel off and then just take a few of the outer leaves off, you can cook it in the microwave for about three minutes and it steams inside, and then you just add butter. So you've got none of that faffing about with water and boiling. And when I was in the States by um, a lovely housekeeper that I was a nanny, and she told me the way to cook it, and they cook it with milk, water, and sugar, and it makes it so sweet. And mm. I don't know about the milk, but you just put water in, a splash of milk, and like a tablespoon of sugar, 
And it apparently just makes the corn really tender and really sweet. Because they really, corn's, I think sweet corn's much bigger in the US yeah, than it yeah. is here. And I think yeah. it's particularly in the South. Yes. I think it's it's quite big. Because I love things like creamed corn, which I think is a very American dish, but I love creamed corn, where you cook it with butter, onion, sugar, cream, and then you add some cheese in, if you like, as as well. So it's a bit like doing creamed spinach or something yeah. like that, but it's with with corn I sounds mean, delicious really, well and of course really like um that. charred sweet corn is very fashionable at the moment going back to um barbecuing and barbecuing yeah, smoking and, and yeah um not and smoke it, not no no no. but it seems yeah. to be you char the corn because otolenghi first used it yes. didn't he yeah. well, it brought it to light and then where's that restaurant i went to in london um honey and co honey and co they yeah. do that as well don't they a lot yes because um, you've got a charred sweet corn recipe, haven't you? Um, it's not charred sweet corn, but it um, is a recipe that we did at chef school, um, which has turned into... Did you a, go to chef school? Yes, I did. Have I mentioned that once or no. twice? <laughs> <laughs> which is delicious, very easy to do, but also is a really good accompaniment to several meat, fish, and it's, it's basically sweet corn and chorizo. Oh. Um, and you basically fry off some shallots and some chorizo. You add some flour to thicken, uh, to thicken it and just fry the flour off. Uh, chicken stock or vegetable stock, obviously, if you don't want to. Mind you, if you weren't using chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I will just carry on as the way I, I do it. Chicken stock, uh, you bring that to uh, the boil. You add the sweet corn, so the sweet corn should be pre pre cooked, so that you've 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 cooked it. So you're just warming it through, uh, and then something like baby gem lettuce, and you chop that and add it so that Ooh. it just wilts, Ooh. and it's lovely. And you don't. I've done it with lamb chops. I've done it with chicken thighs. I've done it with sea bass, sea bream. It's lovely. Very very tasty. Very good accompaniment. Uh, looks great on the plate, uh, and you don't actually need a lot of other things um, with it. So um, that's one of my favourites at the moment. And actually, I. I did it for Tom and Izzy when they came over for supper while you were on holiday. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, no, they said it was delicious. Yeah. They were delicious. Um, I do actually quite like crab and sweet corn soup in a Chinese restaurant. And it's a bit gloopy, a bit yeah, like wallpaper paste. Yeah. But I do quite like it. It's an interesting, it's, it's, I, prefer, I actually prefer sweet corn over peas, but the only thing is peas add colour and vibrancy. Yes. Yeah. And sweet corn sometimes on a plate can look a bit, mm. But then I quite like sweet corn and, and, and peas mixed. Yes. Yes. There's that as well. And do you, do you grow it? Have done in the past. Right. We have done in the past, but it takes up quite a large growing area. Yeah. Um, and it has to be grown in a grid. So it cross pollinates. Um, but what I would really like can you, to un, Can you, is it called underplanting, where you plant something uh, else? No, I don't think you can. Okay. I'm sure you can. But I've been watching too much Gardener's World. You have. Um, but <laughs> and what not I, paying attention. <laughs> what I really want to grow is the ornamental corns. You know, the ones that are like the rainbow corns. I yes. think it's um, ancient American, Mexican varieties. So I would really dearly like to get my hands on some of that seed because it's just so colourful. And do you use that? You can use that for eating. I'm not sure. I, was, I, I pot, thought I'm it was. Not sure. I think it's just ornamental and decorations right, of the okay. autumn gourds, and you know, you have it in your autumn window display or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I just want to grow it. Your autumn window display. Yes. You know. <laughs> what what autumn window display? Just watch you... this space. <laughs> Popcorn. Oh, no visit to a cinema is complete without 
pop. And you like mix, don't you? I like mix. Which I never knew you could Yes, you can. That was a revelation going to the cinema with you. And now when you go to the cinema, a lot of the places you have to pre-order refreshments uh, on the app that you put your ticket on so that it's ready when you get there. And they do have a a mixed option there. But the thing that is so frustrating, of course, it is so expensive. It's ridiculously expensive. Because it's so cheap. And it is so cheap to do. And if you've got an Arga, it is one of the easiest things to do on an Arga. Do you do it this way? Yes. In fact, I think I made a TikTok or a reel about it. We'll have to repost it. Yeah. So you just um, basically simmering oven, um, simmering plate. You put the Baker Glide on the simmering plate. Tiny little bit of oil. You don't need oil. All that squirt. Oh, the squirt. Yeah, the squirty oil. Squirt spray. Um, You put the kernels on. You close the lid. You wait till it's finished popping. There you go. Love popcorn. Yes. And actually, Nigella, one of her series or one of her cookbooks, she had lots of different popcorn seasonings. Oh, yeah, I think she did. Um, I think she did. Izzy, for her school friends one year, she made different flavoured popcorns for an and a sachet of popcorns with a right. recipe as Christmas gifts and put them in storage jars. Oh, brilliant. Which was quite a nice gift. Well, here we are in Charlotte's Corner, and if you don't mind me saying, it's looking a little bare. Well, did you know there's a global flower shortage? Uh, no, I don't. I, although, why am I surprised? There seems to be a shortage of just about everything at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is global, worldwide. It's the, I mean, the greatest supply and demand imbalance that the nation, the world has had in decades. Partly because COVID forced farmers to shut everything down because they didn't have the staff to harvest and care for the crops. And partly um, because now it's like catch up because now they've got the staff, but obviously it's a natural product, so it can't, it's not instant. Um, There's also been extreme weather conditions worldwide. There's been snow and blizzards in Ecuador, which has wiped out their rose population. And, um, and trying to cram two years of events, weddings, into one year. Plus, um, there's a there's a shortage of drivers. Drivers are in high demand. Now, well, does that surprise you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, which is causing problems Food. everywhere. Food. Food, flowers. I mean, I didn't sign up to live in a country where there are fuel queues and food <laughs> queues. I mean, we are very spoiled. We are, and I am finding it a little extraordinary at the moment that you, you know, you go, for the last few times I've been to the supermarket, because for a long time now I haven't been doing online mm. orders because I feel like, well, A, it was quite hard to get a slot, and B, I'm quite capable of going to the mm-hmm. supermarket, so I have been going, you know, once or, or twice a week. But the amount of empty shelves for no apparent reason, mm. and it's it's ridiculous things. Like for a while there was no... There was no um, stock cubes. Mm. They were completely out. Uh, at the moment, you can't get chili flakes mm. for love nor money, which is just, I think, the most bizarre thing. There was, I was in uh, one of the supermarkets the other day, and the entire aisle of cereals was virtually empty. People seem to, I don't know if people are stockpiling toilet rolls again, but there seems to be very little. But apparently, there is a paper shortage because I gather. I was listening to the radio the other day. Um, there is a big problem with publishers 
uh, that don't wait too long to, if you particularly want a book for a Christmas present or something like that, buy it earlier rather than later, because if it goes out of stock, it's unlikely to be able to come back in before Christmas because there's a paper shortage. Well, last Christmas there was a cardboard shortage. Yeah, yes. Oh, and, and st- I think the cardboard shortage is still going on. Oh, okay. And one of the problems is that um, that obviously a little a lot of the um, cardboard manufacturers are are sort of supporting Amazon and places like that and delivery company and the bigger delivery companies and they are some of the smaller suppliers and it's causing them problems. And, and it's just like, well, it, it just feels like a perfect storm because I'm not sure this is COVID related. I don't think we can blame everything on Brexit, but I think some of it is down to, to down to Brexit. Um, and it, but it is bizarre it, you you go out at the moment and you go into shops and you're looking at the garage. I mean, I've tried to fill up. I can't get into a garage. The queue was ridiculous. Half of the time when they are being refilled, I've got a diesel car. And by the time you get that, mm. diesel's all gone. And, but and we're an island. I mean, it is crazy. You know, we are an island. But And, of course, what we're being told is there is no shortage of fuel. There is no shortage of fuel. Yeah. Um, and I know it's very easy. I know a lot of people are sort of like, well, they just blame the media. But is it for... is it um, also from the ping, the ping pandemic, which we're now over? I mean, is it still playing catch up from that? I I don't. I mean, it's hard to understand. I, I I think there's probably there's so many conflating things that are happening that are just creating this this perfect storm. Um, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's hard to understand why we're in a situation with HGV drivers. So if we knew we knew for five years that Brexit was gonna gonna happen, um, so what was done about trying to make sure that that industry was? Um, yeah, but then know, the haulage, you know, the haulage firms, they're not attracting young staff. No, no. Or, or it, you know, or female. Or I mean, I think I heard or... a statistic that there's like one percent or two percent of HD right. drivers are female. So that's why I thought maybe, yeah, you go, you go. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, but doesn't that therefore mean though that if there's a shortage of flowers that um, the smaller independent hopefully, flower suppliers like yourself, hopefully, um, buy British are really flowers. going to be, you know, are going to be much more valuable and, mm. and much more in demand. Not that ho- you're not already in demand. No, no, no. But- and hopefully things like people that the smaller companies that or smaller farms that are doing veg boxes and all that type of thing that hopefully that kept us going during the pandemic when we couldn't get these things and everyone relied on their local shop and their local growers etc etc hopefully people will now actually just realize that is the way forward yeah yeah and the food tastes better the products are better and support local i have tried as much as possible to continue to support the companies the Mm -hmm. suppliers that i was using during during lockdown um and some of those local farm shops and, and mm. things like and things like that i am trying to sort of continue with with that and only buy you know the sort of the bigger you know covered stuff that i need from mm-hmm. the from the super the tins and the dry goods that yeah yeah the yeah. sort of larder goods yeah but even then you know you can't get they, there was one week and they didn't have any chopped tomatoes yeah <laughs> i know like, and i know this is first world problems i know it is but it is well we've been so spoiled yeah and i have. think if we'd been warned and i think you know harking back to brexit if actually people had stopped and thought about what they were voting for and i don't want to get political in any way <laughs> you jar which i am <laughs> but you know we are an island nation yeah we cannot you know we don't grow tomatoes in bulk like we used to yeah. i mean the channel islands used to but they don't anymore yeah Thank you.
Oh, it's so nice to properly be back in the room and have a proper catch-up. Oh, it is. And it's been wonderful. We haven't had countless introductions. Interruptions. I know. So the dogs will be very quiet. Well, and all the children are back at uni and school. Indeed. Although we've had to change our recording location because I've got builders in at the moment. But more about that maybe next week. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for listening to uh, our second episode in season three. Uh, It's very good to be back with you. And we will be seeing you again next week or not seeing you, but speaking with you. With you. With you. We'll be with you. (laughs) You are rusty, aren't you? (laughs) Next week. So until then, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Voyage Around My Arga. You can contact us on Gmail at voyagearoundmyarga at gmail.com. So until then, bye. Bye.